Well, we welcome you to our podcast, None Talks Today, and we have talked about a lot of things this year uh, related to um, good practice in schools. And um, so the last couple of podcasts this year, we've highlighted schools. We highlighted three of our school principals uh, a week or so ago in our podcast, and now today, uh, super excited to have this conversation with the principal of Mountain View School, Mr. Curtis Leishman. He is uh, in his third year at Mountain View School, and and uh, I would say he has a vision of what he wants to accomplish at Mountain View School, which is a, a K through nine school. And so, with that said, uh, we're going to invite uh, Mr. Leishman to join us um, in our podcast today, and we'll start out with a question of um, to I'm going to call him Curtis because I Mr. Leishman's just too official for me. But we're going to start out with having Curtis tell us just a little bit about Mountain View School. Well, thanks for having me, first off, Austin. Secondly, uh, the Mountain View School. Uh, I think most of us around Mountain View think it's a great school to be a part of. It's pretty small. We have K-9, like you already said. We have about 130 students. And we're nestled right as far as you can be in the province, southwest corner. So we have Waterton Park just to the west of us. Carson to the east and the border, just almost a storm, stone's throw to the south. But it's a great little community, strong values, strong family values, strong agricultural values, um, very dedicated to their community and to their school. And it's a great, it's a, it's a great community to be a part of. Awesome. How many, how many kids? It's K through nine. K through nine, just, just over 130. 130 students. Um, in in your grades and grade configuration, um, do you have mixed grades or how do you run that? We we have some depending on class sizes and uh, and course load that year. We will have mixed classes or single classes. Every student throughout the year will have part of their class course schedule as mixed, whether it's six sevens or seven eights, four fives, two threes. Uh, and the younger elementary grades, we try to keep them as separate as much as possible so we can get more hands-on one-on-one learning really to develop those skills early so they have a good foundation to start and then we do it based on student needs and grade configuration as we get into the older grades awesome well it is uh and i i've been in southern alberta now 11 years and mountain view again uh is a unique location and uh unique in in two um I, I think two ways. One, the, the beauty that surrounds you that you mentioned about just kind of at the footsteps or doorway to um, um, Waterton Park and then um, to the south, uh, the U.S. border and, of course, the hills. And you kind of look right out at the the window at the Chief Mountain there and, and what goes on there. So um, one of the things that I noticed as I um, was a principal and and would come watch and coach um, athletes um, at Mountain View um, was some of the uniqueness and the unique programming and and things that you're you're developing. I know Mountain View School uh, in Westwind at least was one of the first schools to jump on to the archery program. Um, I believe you've won some provincial championships there with the idea of including other kids. Uh, I know you had some kids that went on to the national level in archery, but probably most recently is uh, uh, an agricultural program that you've started at Mountain View School. And so I want to take a few minutes and really highlight and, and talk about that. So 
give us a little history of the the brainstorm and and kind of what's going on uh, most recently um, in your in your ag program. So we're pretty excited about the ag program. I think it stems from the same place as our archery program started. Just like you said already, we saw student needs or a desire for students to be engaged in their learning, to want to come to school for other just other than just the math or the language arts or the science, but to be involved in something that they truly, truly cared about or wanted to learn about. Um, so a couple, two, three years ago, we just started dabbling. We've discussed greenhouses in the past. Uh, three years ago, we had a teacher, Jamie Quinton, who brought some bees to the school. So we had our first apiary class three years ago. We had a hive. One of the neighbors in the community donated a little spot of land. So the kids would just walk 100 yards down the road to an empty lot, and they started playing with their bees. Um, then he retired, but the bees carried on. And we started thinking more and more and more about how we could provide a unique program to the Mountain View students and the Mountain View school for a few reasons. One was to help su support and sustain the agriculture from our community, to learn about their heritage and their roots and how Mountain View was created. Because uh, the more we develop in this world, the more there's less and less small farmers, there's less and less uh, agriculture by even people in the little small rural towns. So we want to keep that alive and let them know where their roots come from. But we also wanted to give them genuine, hands-on learning experiences where they got to get out and actually do something and work with, in this case, animals or plants to help them uh, have that desire to maybe do it in their own backyard or wherever they move to, but also to help help them connect with, with the food that they eat or, or their historical roots. Um, it's been really fun. We've seen lots and lots of good things happen from from a student perspective. We've had kids, we've had many parents this year tell us that kids will not stay at home because they have something they have to get done at school. And that's exactly what we wanted. When one of our students before that was begging to stay at home to help their dad on the ranch or to go to Calgary for a visit or a shopping trip now says, we can't go on Thursday, mom, because I have gardening class and I have to take care of my my plants or my tower garden or my project, whatever they've come up with. That's pretty exciting. And that's exactly what we've wanted to happen with the program. That's awesome. So let's, uh, let's talk about bees for just a minute, because that was probably, that was the first big project. Um, but there were some things that came out of the bees that were also interesting besides just um, tending to the bees, taking care of the hive, honey collection. There were some other awesome things that I saw come out of the bees that really interested me. Um, as far as, you know, the business side of, of bees. So let's, let's talk about bees for a minute as the foundation to your program at, at Mountain View. So once again, um, the bees started a few years ago and it's evolved a little bit every year uh, from just bee maintenance, learning how to take care of the hives to harvesting the honey. Um, so now we make a few different products. So one is We've had some great support from community members. We've had Ed Murphy come out. We've had Jamie Quinton, who's helped us now that he's a retired teacher. And we've, the kids have learned how to harvest the honey. So not only have they taken that honey and harvested it and had some great school days where we've had, they've made their own butter. They've had homemade scones and they put the honey on it. So they had a great feast of, we hope, an annual scone day. But they also took that honey and they learned how to market it. So they put it in containers 
they did a cost analysis. They figured out what they had to do to break even and hopefully a little bit more to fund the next program the next year. And they marketed it to the community just to selling the honey. And it went very quickly, partially in support and parts, partially because it was very good. Um, the second thing is they got into lip balm. They learned how to take the beeswax and mix other oils and fats and, and uh, mixture that goes into the lip balm. You'd have to ask one of the kids because I'm not the expert, but they are. What the recipe is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they, they made a whole bunch of lip balm and they were excited about it. We had kids that were missing buses and they were, they could not stop making it because, <laughs> because it was the end of the school day. Our option block was the end of the school day and they just had a little bit more to do to get done. And even when our option block ended after six weeks, we had two or three of them staying after school or coming in at lunch just to do a couple more batches of lip balm. So the ones that were into it, the students that were into it, they were very into it. They loved it. And they, they liked creating something with, with what they made. Um, so that's just a few of the things we did as far as business and entrepreneurial through the bees. That's awesome. I love, I love that. And I, I uh, think I was at your school one day and there was lip balm everywhere. Uh, and, and come on out we still got some <laughs> products by uh from the the bees so you had the bees kids jumped on board you saw the the value in that you had some community support um and then and then you moved into i believe into poultry and chickens and eggs and you built a poultry palace out there and so just walk yeah. us through that and kind of how you uh how you went about getting um, getting the poultry palace. Let's, let's talk about, okay. there's some work behind that. So we knew that our ag program was a pretty big vision. We know it's going to take a few years to really get where we're going and we're still at the beginning stages, uh, but it's gone a lot faster than we thought partially from, from community support and community pressure to, to make more happen. We started with the poultry palace. Our original goal this year was to just get the poultry palace, a chicken coop, up in a school budget for the extracurricular stuff, this extra programming. Uh, we started soliciting local businesses and local uh, farmers and whatnot for a few funds. And we got huge support right off the bat. Pincher Creek Co-op in Pincher Creek was very quick to donate materials to help us with this chicken coop. And Custom Windows from McGrath was also very quick to donate windows and doors, which was the huge cost of our, of our chicken coop. But once we got going, we started looking at it and we started thinking this is way nicer than any chicken coop we've seen in our local farms. It's, it's just a nice, nicer building. And uh, it, it lovingly got termed the poultry palace because it seemed just a little bit too nice for the chickens to be living in. Um, but I don't think they feel that anymore because these kids kind of treat these chickens like their pets and their friends and they're happy to put them in a nice building. The other part of that is, is we kind of have our, our, our ag program down over the hill in a, in a community park. It's part of the school grounds, but it's also been just a community kind of park. So we always wanted it to look nice. So even though we have a, an ag program over the hill in our, we call it Grizzly Hollow, because it's just a little bit in a depression, we also want it to be a place that's an attraction for the community and visitors to come around and to see what we're doing and to not detract. We, we want it to be a very well-kept, clean, nice barnyard. Anyways, we started with this. It got put up, huge support. It was very, very uh, exciting to see it go up and the support. And the first thing we decided to get was some turkeys. So we, 
we, well, some turkeys and some laying hens. The very first thing we had was some laying hens. We brought some laying hens because we had a job for those laying hens. We wanted we figured that was something that our younger kids could be involved with. And it's, it's something that uh, we could give individual students specific jobs. Uh, some, some individual students particularly wanted to find them a real reason to come to school every day. And we have one student who loves being our chicken boss this year, Dana Sommerfeld. And she lives for it. She shows up to school. Uh, she goes down there. She knows the chickens by name. She collects the eggs. She washes them. She sells them. She does everything to do with that. She takes other students down from grades one through five and shows them how to do it. She really is in charge of the program with her educational assistant to help her. And uh, she loves it. She went from being mediocre in school to having a purpose and showing up and loving it. So we have the, the laying hens. This, the second part, we wanted to have chickens or turkeys bought, put in the palace by October 1st and sold by Christmas for Christmas dinner. And we raised them up, but we realized that we were just a little bit behind. So they more turned into a Valentine's Day dinner. But, uh, but we had our turkeys. We raised those. The kids loved them. They were involved with the, the maintenance, the cleaning of the coop. And then eventually the marketing and the selling. And we had huge support when we sold those uh, turkeys. Uh, the kids had, were involved in the slaughter and the preparation for, for pickup. Um, we had to get a, an in-farm, on-farm slaughter license where the kids can do it right here. And they have a license that says it's legal and all ready to go as long as, as long as the people purchase them as live birds. So we had an auction and we had great support from all the community members and the division office and other people in Southern Alberta supporting us on, uh, on the turkey auction. So uh, a great example from farm to table where they, they, they saw it all the way through. And, oh yeah. And these kids are up having dinner with their end product. Yep. There there's, these kids are seeing them from two days old to, to on the table. We want, we wanted to be that part of the product, part of the program. They have to see, from start to finish is, is where the value comes partially. That's awesome. I actually, uh, myself and others had the opportunity to attend the day that you processed them. And it was, it was actually amazing to see the community support and involvement of some parents there, uh, bringing their, their processing equipment and to take feathers off and all of that. So that was a, an awesome day to be part of. So I, I know we've talked a little bit more about the animals. Let's talk one more about animals, and then we'll go into some of your your plant work. But um, the, the the latest product to probably come on the market is around beef. And uh, I know uh, I drove by on uh, on Monday on the holiday and drove down into Grizzly Hollow and drove past the steers and looks like they're growing good. So tell us about that process of starting uh, the idea that you wanted to, to raise some steers uh, uh, with the kids and the coursework that went along with that. So we, we knew we wanted steers. From the beginning, we knew we wanted some larger animals for the kids because that's foundation of Mountain View. You know, our beef cattle is, this is cattle country, right? Um, we wanted to teach them how to finish kind of like 4-H steer without a lot of the showmanship aspects, more of the feeding aspects. But we figured it would come a year or two down the road. Well, as we started and we got parent involvement and parent contact, it was very clear that they didn't want us to wait. And wanting to keep the parent momentum going forward, knowing we were serious about the program, we got uh, we started hustling up a little bit in the fall and 
got some things prepared so we can get some steers this fall. We had lots of donations of feed. The Steve Wahlberger family donated feed and materials. Other donors donated other things. And three auction markets, uh, Perlich, Fort McLeod uh, Livestock Exchange, and, and Baylog all donated a steer to our program this year uh, just to get us going. They were very, very quick to donate and help and to get us going. And because of all that excitement, we felt like we needed to help provide this for the kids sooner than later. So we've been doing that since the 1st of November. We've had these steers since the 1st of November. They've been in a shelter right here. The kids have been learning about uh, growing the frame, finishing, uh, you know, how to keep track of average daily gains, feed conversion, how many pounds of feed equals one pound of beef, all kinds of stuff throughout the program. And I think in our six week uh, options, we've had probably three quarters of our students be involved with the steers somehow. Everyone wanted to get into the steer program, at least for a few weeks, just to get to know the steers and be involved with that. So we're, we're pretty close. Uh, we're, have, we're ready to auction off some more meat here in about another three or four weeks. And these are going to market on June 8th. So they're almost to the point where, where they're ready to take the next part of next journey in their life. Awesome. So I, I, I have a, a question about your staff. So uh, I was hired, let's hypothetically say I was hired at Mountain View 10 years ago and I had my class and I just did my thing. And then all of a sudden my principal comes to me and says, hey, we're going to have some bees, some chickens, some turkeys, some beef steers. Oh, and in the back here, we're going to have some fodder growing and and how's your staff done with that? And how do they feel about it? And then support for the, the kids and the work they've done. You know what? My staff is amazing at it. Um, they, they, I, it wasn't me really dictating what their job was going to be as much as them volunteering for something they want to do. It, it's, I think it's a testament to a lot of the teachers in the West Wind Division, but it's, it, especially firsthand, I can attest to it in Mountain View School. They just want what's best for kids. And if they can see something good, a good program, they're pretty quick to jump on. So I was quick to have someone jump on and say, yeah, I'll volunteer and do the poultry stuff. I'll raise it. He had an interest anyways, and he was happy to do it with the kids because he had a passion for it and knew the kids that have a passion for it. We had the same thing with bees. Uh, I've had two different teachers volunteer to do our bee program. They like learning. They like the career long, lifelong learning. And they like learning about the bees and doing it with the kids. We happened to have someone on staff that was already uh, halfway done their, their degree in agriculture and loves plants. So taking on the gardening program, the in-house uh, greenhouses and, and all the stuff to do with gardening was an easy, easy for him because he's already involved in that as part of his life. So, so our teachers were very quick to jump on, partly professionally, but mostly because they have the same kind of passions because most some have the same kind of values that our community members have here in Mountain View. And they see the importance and the excitement, the engagement that can come uh, from doing these kind of hands-on projects. That's awesome. So we've, we've talked about the animal aspect, but I know, uh, and I just kind of used the word there, but I was uh, out one day and had some kids teach me about fodder. And, <laughs> and there's also some other plant projects going on in greenhouse, like you said. So Let's talk about that side of the, the program at, at Mountain View School and in such a small um, building, really, there's a, a, all of this going on. So just review for us real quick some of the, 
the work that's gone on with the, the growing of, of plants and things like fodder and all that kind of stuff. So we've had a, we've had a tower garden for two years. Uh, we ran that two years ago and then this last year, but this year we've, we've converted a breezeway. Uh, it's kind of a hallway between our grade nine room. And we've done some work to convert that to more of a green area. It's kind of a breakout room where we have tower gardens, we have a living bean wall, we have a whole bunch of plants. Our students this year have painted the walls to give it just a little more of a green feel. They have flowers and trees and leaves and all kinds of stuff that they've all done themselves. And the best part about it, we're finding with this gardening class is, for the most part, we need to get out of the way of students. They love having projects that they're in charge of. I think too often in the, in the past, we thought as teachers, we were, we had to be there the whole way, teaching them exactly what to do and how to do it. And in truth, if we want to teach these kids to be lifelong learners, we have to let them explore on their own, have their own ideas, their own projects, and not be afraid to fail. And if they fail, that's fine. Let's just figure out what to do, change it a little bit and, and move on and grow. And this fodder program you've talked about, we had our, our very first batch of fodder was terrible it stunk up the whole school uh but they learned really quick you have to bleach your seeds and if you bleach the seeds it kills any bacteria or whatnot and from then on out we've had good hardly smelling at all fodder but after about two months our watering system broke down they made a tweak it didn't work uh we killed fodder for a month you know we had a whole bunch of sprouts just a little bit but nothing really serious like we had before and they tweaked it and learned, and now they have good fodder again. Uh, we're running out of things to to feed it to. So part of the part of the experience is letting these kids run with their own projects and learn on their own. And we're learning more every year as teachers, kind of how to tweak the program to help these kids have more power, more engagement, and just just to have fun with with their learning. We're glad we can provide it for them. That's awesome. So let's let's just talk for a minute about um, I don't know, like academic gains, transferable skills, some of those things maybe that you've seen come from um, from from kids being involved in that, and how that's transitioned into the classroom and and successes in in other areas of academics. So one thing it does is it really provides an opportunity for teachers to build a a different kind of relationship with kids, a non in the classroom teaching. I'm the teacher. You're the, you're the student because it almost reverses the role. Uh, now the teachers, the students are almost teaching themselves in some aspects. And the teacher is the advisor, almost like a collaborator, a colleague where they just work together. And it's a little bit of a different kind of relationship. The other thing is sometimes there's discipline problems with a kid just sitting in his classroom bored to death. If they're not interested in that subject. When you're working with them on something that they really want to do, they develop a, a, a better relationship with their teachers, which, which carries over into the classrooms. So when your gardening teacher is also your math teacher, but you have a little bit better relationship because of the gardening time you spent, well, math goes better. They, they quickly ask for help. Uh, they joke around with you a little more. They understand where you're coming from and you know just more personally about that student, their qualities and their strengths. Um, we also see lots of application from this ag program. 
that applies directly to the curriculum. Uh, it, it's shocking to the students how much math farmers do when they're calculating the amount of feed that they have to feed their animals or their average daily gains. Just simple, everyday junior high and elementary math that they have a hard time putting into the real world all of a sudden becomes alive. You know, it has a real application about why I need to learn how to multiply or divide. Or, you know, if we're feeding, if our goal is to give 22 pounds of grain to our steers every day and we're feeding 72 pounds of feed, well, then how much is every steer getting? Just simple things like that that, that happen three times every class helps them reinforce the fact that the school skills that they're learning are actually applicable in the real world, especially if they have some ag component to them. Awesome. So uh, I'd like to know what some of the hiccups are. What have you ran into that you're like, oh man, we didn't see that coming. So, so we, <laughs> there's, there's hiccups all the time. I mean, it's definitely a learning process and it's definitely something that, uh, that we don't think we have all the answers to yet. But I think the trick is to keep going. So we've learned that um, this next year, we have a whole different vision. This year was kind of our trial run in there. We've learned that you, you can offer it as an option, but after three or four or five weeks of just doing chores, kids will get, they'll think it's exciting, it's good, but they will get just a little bit sick of it. So, you know, to keep them engaged, you have to provide them opportunities to be involved with what they want. Next year, we have plans for a leadership program. And the leadership program is going to be almost like a job application process where these kids get a real life opportunity to apply for a position in the ag program, the ag leadership program to come and help run the program. And those that are want to be involved with steers all year long, they can make their application to come in and, and students that want to be there are going to have the opportunity to be there. Right. And work all year long, but with more field trip out of school options, hopefully if COVID allows it, where we can go and see it in real life. So we'd love for our steer program guys to not only go and see an auction market in action and see how it works and, and runs, but also to bid on the steers. We'd love for our kids to go to the auction and bid on the three steers they're going to buy. We'd love for them to go and, and, and see cattle processing and see it in real life. So we know that the kids, at first we thought it would just be enough just to give them the experience, but now we know we have to give them the power and the opportunity to run these programs on their own because the kids are capable and want to be involved in running the programs, running the projects, not just being there for it. That's one of the hiccups we've, we've dealt with and are adapting for, for next year. That's awesome. Um, so let's just say I'm uh, interested in your program and and starting an ag program, where would you tell me to start? What would you tell me to start with? Well, I would tell you to start with community involvement. I, I would say the ag program, a passionate ag program that is going to be sustainable has to have the backing of the community. If the community is, is behind you and values it and wants this to, to happen in their community, that's going to be the backbone that carries you through all the hiccups. If I was going to start, I'd have a parent meeting with my parent council. Uh, we talk about it. We talk about the benefits, you know, what it would look like, you know, where we could start and see if I could get the community support. And if you have the community support, then you can go wherever you need to because your parents will be there to help make it better all the time. And we luckily were, were able to have that community support. 
That's awesome. Other than that, I'd start with something simple. I'd start with something little, whatever you skills you have in your school. I would start with someone who's passionate about something and start with something little. And when that starts good, it, I think it'll grow. When we're learning with agriculture, there is no end. If you start with something, as soon as you crack that door, you're going to find out what's behind it. And there's a lot more opportunity in ag and learning for sure. There you go. I have a lake. You can put some fish in and play with that if you wanted. You bet. <laughs> Don't no, tempt I, what's that? Don't tempt us. <laughs> well, Aquaponics is on the list. So growing fish is right there. You can give it a try. I don't know if they'll survive. It might not be deep enough. <laughs> um, anyway, I just, uh, last question I have for you is in the end, when it's a uh, kid's been through your school, K through nine, um, they've had an opportunity to be in, involved in the, the agricultural program, maybe the leadership aspect of that. What do you hope when they leave Mountain View School, um, they're like, what will they have accomplished? What will they be able to be ready for when they leave your school? So I hope when they leave our school that they're ready to take on whatever challenge they want to take on. I would hate for a kid to leave Mountain View School and be scared to try something, to be scared to fail, but also be willing to put in the time to succeed. And I don't care if it's agriculture or I don't care if it's their profession or their family or anything else. I hope our kids have, have the love of learning enough to be willing to just go out and learn about something, to take on the challenge, to get through the struggles and become successful at whatever they are. But I also hope that they understand where their food's from. from. I hope they understand that, that agriculture plays an important role in everyone's life, no matter if you live in the biggest city in the world or the smallest rural town. That it has a huge, huge role in all of our lives. Um, so I hope they have those skills at least, you know. But I also hope that they had a lot of memories that they can look back on in the Mountain View School and say, you know what? When I went to school, I remember this with chicks, and I grew fodder, and there was a steer named Hank, and we fed him for a year. You know, I hope they have some of those memories as well. Awesome. Well, Mr. Leishman, I really appreciate your time today and joining us on our podcast and uh, excited to have our uh, our audience listen to it and learn some of the things going on at uh, Mountain View School, one of our schools in Westwind School Division. So thanks very much and have a great day. Yeah, thanks for having us. You too.